Welcome to Still Growing in Grace, a program dedicated to inspiring joy, giving hope, and delighting in grace. I'm Mike Zenker, and I'll be sharing with you a message of hope that will expand your understanding of God's love and amazing grace. God already deeply loves you, totally accepts you, and really, really likes you. Growing in Grace Ministries Canada and Hope Fellowship, your community church, invite you to enjoy today's program as we dig deeper into what it means to be still growing in grace. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Still Growing in Grace. Thanks for tuning in bright and early on a Wednesday morning, and today it happens to be pretty sunny. Pretty beautiful. I love it. Um, I just want to say hello uh, and say I've got some great stuff. Today it's going to be new. Uh, all summer I have shared some of the best of the last couple of years of our podcast video uh, conversations um, just because it was hard to connect and record with others. Uh, it's a lot more work than you possibly realize to put this together because we have to do the recording then it has to be edited and then prepared for upload and and the screenshot has to be prepared and you you name it. and then afterwards the uploading the editing of the wording and then sharing it to all these places so there's there's a, t- a ton of steps that goes into making any one podcast or program uh, public and so yeah uh, I thought I can't do that this summer we had so much going on I, I had uh, uh, one of my kids move off to school I had another one come back um, we had a full kitchen renovation over the summer which means no use of a kitchen for a part of it and it, again if you ever done that you know full well <laughs> the extra stress that goes along with that ah! so we're just about done we're just waiting for the tile uh, on the backsplash now and that's it we had the trim window trim done yesterday so Please let this be finished. So anyway, this morning, um, a very, very interesting topic, um, evangelism and myths and thoughts. Uh, That's kind of what the topic morphed into. Um, If you've ever questioned evangelism or uh, what is it, uh, evangelism typically in the church refers to the idea of you must tell people about Jesus, tell them the gospel so that they can get into heaven. And if you don't, you're a bad Christian. Or it's your fault if they don't make it. Super guilt trip stuff attached to it. Um, plus, uh, it, it's not just about that. Here's the sneaky truth. And we don't talk about this in the video, in our conversation today or next time. Um, it's also a method to get people to sign up for membership and go to church. Now, are people's lives changed? Yes, they are. But... I have a hunch that many of them begin with a um, half-baked good news message. So it's not really good news. It's only good news for those that are in the in crowd. Um, It's taken me years to discover what the real... I better be careful what I say with that. I hate using the word the real. There There are Facebook groups and all this stuff called the real grace message, the real gospel, the real this. I have the real truth. Uh, I'm trying not to use the word real um, because it's definitely subjective. None of us have the full, real, absolute, and complete truth and understanding of it. None of us. No church, no teacher, nobody. So got to be careful with our terminology and our dogma. So uh, once I discovered a deeper understanding of what the gospel is, and I'm still going deeper and deeper. It's like a, it's an ocean. It's, it's deep. I don't even know how, how deep it goes, but there's more. And one of the uh, topics was 
sharing faith, evangelism, all that stuff. So let's dive in. I'm watching live with you. This is the first time I'm hearing this conversation after it was recorded. So I'm, I'm really listening fresh with you. So comment away. Um, if you're watching, comment and say hi. Tell us where you're watching from. And uh, I'll be watching and listening and commenting with you. This is about a half hour-ish, 35-minute conversation. I'm going to try to keep our conversations to the half hour mark, 25 minutes to half hour, so that uh, it's you, you can actually listen to this on the way to work or whatever. So let's dive in. Here we go. I hope you'll enjoy this. I know you will. All right. Richard, it's been a long time since we had a chance to have a conversation. Um, Bill Thrasher was going to join us, but he was unable today. So how you doing? It's been a while. How's your summer been? Uh, my summer has been great. I've been very, uh, been very active. Business has been extremely good and uh, vigorous. And uh, I'm having adventures, <laughs> you know, yeah. that I haven't had before. So it's, it's all, you know, it's all good. And uh yeah. I feel like uh, uh, I'm discovering, you know, some new things about myself spiritually and, and otherwise, and just uh, haven't been this way before. You know, when when uh, when uh, when, uh, when they were following the cloud in the wilderness, you know, Moses said, uh, or uh, the Lord said, I, th- I think it was the Lord was telling Moses, uh, "Be careful, because you haven't been this way before." So, mm. so, <laughs> and you had. And you had the privilege of being with Andre and his wife uh, recently. How how did that event go? It was wonderful. Um, I uh, uh, I had seen Andre before, and for whatever reason, I was late to it. And, and this is a funny story. So I'm late to his meeting before, and I get there, and I look down, and I have two different shoes. I, I, for some reason, hurried and didn't catch that I was wearing two different shoes. So I was so self-conscious and embarrassed when I was there. I don't think I would have liked Jesus if he was there. Yeah, it's funny. So, But anyway, this time I was able to hear his heart and his beautiful wife's heart, their heart together. They have a joint heart. Uh, they're very, yeah. w- very weaved, uh, very uh, interactive, very seamless between the two of them. And they and tend like, to, they they tend to explore mystery really well. Yes, and and you know you know you're talking with someone in the spirit when there's a sense that you hear what there's what they say before they say it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they and it was exciting to me, particularly with with uh, his wife, that it was like she could hear things ahead of time and and, and anticipate where it was going. So that that always is a good sign for me because it tells because the spirit is so quick you know, when the spirit's quickening our thoughts that we're keeping up with it, you know, nope. we're not leading the spirits leading. So, well, but, but I heard, yeah, that's, sorry. I heard, I heard that nine out of 10 husbands agree that their wives are always right. The, the 10th <laughs> one has mysteriously disappeared and hasn't been heard from since. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Uh, okay. That's just the warm up for what we're going to do today. <laughs> well, yeah, well, you know, uh, actually I, we had to talk about what, what, you know, we, you and I talked about what we might share about today. Okay. We, I had a good talk with Andre about that. And he, you know, he really, uh, introduce uh, it. What is it? All right. Well, it's basically in this day of progressive, uh, thought in this day of deconstruction, you see a lot of people pretty much cast Jesus aside. They just say it's not essential. It's not deconstruction. It's destruction. Right. Right, right. Weapons of mass deconstruction. Yeah. I have to, I'm still working that out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, 
you know, but the idea being that we don't need Jesus and we don't need to correct anyone. And not that even I would agree with the term correction, but it's it's like we don't even need to share Jesus. If they're if they're at where they're at, don't worry about it. You don't need to share Jesus with them. Jesus works for you. That's fine. But, you know, we need to let people go. And, um, you know, one of the things that that has uh, vexed me about that was the idea. Well, you know, the martyrs died because uh, uh, at least a lot of the martyrs died. That I think we're going to talk about that at a future session when, when Bill and, and my son Micah can be here. But, uh, you know, they died because they refused to renounce Jesus. Uh, they refused to uh, adopt other gods. They could have said Jupiter was God. They could have said Caesar was God. They could have said any of the Roman pantheon was God, and they would have lived. Yeah. That's all they had to say, but they wouldn't say it. And um, and I know that there may be some mixed motives for some martyrs, but I'm not going there. But just in general, the concept that people died for their faith, well, why did their faith even matter? I mean, if, if Jesus doesn't matter, just let them believe in Athena. Let them believe in uh, Bacchus and let them believe in Apollo, the God of war. Let them believe in it. If it works for them, who are we to tell them they're wrong? You know, and it's, it's, it's like, but I've got to say, I've been vexed. I feel like for the last year, I feel like Paul at Mars Hill and that's in Acts 17, mm -hmm. you know, he's walking through Athens and he sees all these temples set up to various gods, to Apollo, to Athena, and he's vexed in the spirit because he knows that's not right. You know, he knows that's off. And then he finally comes, though, to a temple to an unknown God. And Paul looks at this temple to the unknown God, and, he, and that's what he focuses on. He says, you know, he basically says to them, hey, and let's think about it for a minute. If somebody mentions a temple to an unknown God, think about how humble that is. The person who who believes in that, believes there's a God that they don't know the name of, that they don't understand the way that God works. Versus, versus being absolute about the God you think you believe in. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. We know Apollo. We know what Apollo's going to do. You know, we know what Athena's going to do. You know, they're easy to predict. All right, but this God, there's an overarching God. Um, and, you know, and Paul said, this is the God who your poets have spoken about. Mm -hmm. You know, the God, the transcendent God, the God who in whom we move and live and breathe and have our being. So, so it, when Andre and I were talking, it just, it just came out that what, what if the situation was that in every religion, you know, there, there's a, there's a slice of Islam that would, that would teach that God is inscrutable, that his ways are unknowable. Mm -hmm. All right. Even in, in, in Christianity that we might not agree with, there's always a corner of their theology, a temple that says, I don't know what this, I, we, mm. there's a part of God we don't know, we don't get. Every religion has this temple to the unknown God. Even the scriptures have enough references to there's more, there's wider, there's deeper that we can't possibly contain, right? There's so many references to it. Yes, yes, and his ways are mysterious, although it does also say, you know, even in, even in the wake of his ways being mysterious, that the Holy Spirit explains them all to us. So, so but the point being that if, if, so, so if, if I'm talking to someone who is Islamic, for instance, the question is not, should I correct their theology? Should I tell them that Allah or whoever else, whatever temples they have to the gods that they think that they've walked with and maybe have walked with, you know, it's not necessary for me to tear down all the other temples. Mm -hmm. It's only necessary for me to speak to the temple where they admit they don't know. And I'm talking to Christians and 
you know. So um, would you say that most of our evangelism that we've heard traditionally is really bullying? Yes, I would say it definitely is. And it's fearless. I mean, it's, it's uncomfortable. It's clanky. It's tone deaf. We go in there like a bull in a China shop just knocking over stuff. And people who are desperate sometimes will respond to that sort of thing. But what if instead, if we could picture every human being, Mike, every human being that somewhere in the corner of their heart, there's a vacuum Mm -hmm. to an unknown God. There's a temple to an unknown God. And all we are doing is suggesting that, hey, I discovered who the unknown God is. I'm not vouching for all Christian doctrine. I'm not vouching for this denomination or that denomination. I'm vouching for this God who makes himself known through Jesus. Mm. And then you introduce him to Jesus without even talking about the other gods, without even talking about the other temples. You know, Paul was vexed seeing all the other temples, but he didn't go correct them. He wasn't corrected of left and right, even though he was vexed because he knew that you know, that they weren't, there was something distorted about. It. You mean you didn't so, start a march or a rally or protest? No, no, oh, yes. Oh, okay, perfect. just checking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just went where their humility was. And that's all we can go where anybody is. There hold is on, something- hold on. Humility? Uh, you can almost take another step and say he went for the humanity. Yes. There's a, there's a yearning in every human for yes. more deeper, right? Yes, and, and, and that there's something we don't get. You know, there's something we don't quite connect with about God. And the beauty of Jesus is that no matter which religion you're in, which religion you're at. Now, now you might ask, well, what's Jesus going to do if, if, if I introduce him to Jesus and he accepts Jesus as that unknown God? Then what happens? And here's what my answer is. I don't know. <laughs> but then once he receives Jesus, it's between him and Jesus. And if he wants to follow it where it goes and Jesus leads him away from these other temples or or lets him stay with the other temples. Mm -hmm. I don't have everyone's prescription that I'm supposed to write out. This is what you need to do to walk with Jesus. All right. But other than believe and receive and trust him and know that he loves you and know that he he wants to live in you with your consent. And to the extent that you consent, he lives in you and operates within you and for you and uh, in you and. Uh, and and all those things. And it's such a, I don't know, I felt like this thing just sort of bypassed the evangelism that, that we're, that Christians are trained to teach, you know, because here the only point is we're looking, you know, we may, we may, we may talk with people and we, you know, we may be a little vexed where they're coming from with certain things they think about God or certain outrageous things, you know, this guy they believe in, or I don't, I believe in this and not this and that. And, you know, it may vex us a little bit, but just stay quiet, stay quiet and look for an entrance to where there's a humility that, you know, there's something about God we don't know. And it's it's something that we're so sure of that we built a temple to it. (laughs) You know, it's not like it's not like there's a tent. It's not like there's a cheap little tent out there to an unknown God that they built a temple to the doggone thing, you know, because they knew they were so sure it existed that they built it. Well, so, the, disi- so the disciples understood that, too, because when the Mount of Transfiguration happened, they wanted to build shelters for all three. Yes. And that was yes. poo-pooed on, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and everything converged. You know, uh, the prophets and the law, Elijah and, and Moses disappeared. And there was just Jesus and, and the voice that says, listen to him. So that's all we can we can do now. Are you telling me, are you saying that we just need to listen to Jesus? Yes. yes. That's exactly what I'm saying. But. You, you to listen to him, you have to know him first, yeah. you know, and, and to know him, 
Where does he insert him? Where, where can you allow him to insert himself into your life? It's where it's where you, that hunger in you and that ready acknowledgement that, hey, I don't know. There's something about God I'm missing. I feel the angst in me. I feel a hole in me about it. I feel even though I know he's there, there's an intimacy I'm missing. You know, there's a knowledge of his nature, of his name that I'm missing. And I'm willing to build part of my heart is constructed. You know, it's with Augustine is generally credited for, you know, for the God-shaped vacuum that's in each of us, yeah. you know, and that to me, that's the temple of the unknown God. But it, so, so we, we can bypass religious doctrinal differences. You know, we're talking about Jesus came and revealed himself as the unknown God. Mm. And uh, so without having to denigrate them or, or poo-poo their God or poo-poo what they think about God. Create an apologetics course. to <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You must repent of these, you know, go burn all your, go burn oh. all your temples and go burn all your books, burn all your new age books and all that. I used to have a new age library um, and, you know, it was. Uh, I, I put, uh, put tape on it. I said, do not read because I didn't want my children to come back and read the thing, you know, but I read, I kept them because I wanted to be able to respond to them because that was a temple. You know, that was one of these temples and it vexed me. Okay. But at the same time, I realized that I got to a place with a new age that I was so brutal. I really couldn't treat them like human beings. Mm. Mike, I tell you, I, I am more convinced than ever that our biggest problem today is a lack of just respect for each Love other and respect, 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 respect. You know, kids don't like hearing about respecting their parents and parents don't like about respecting their kids. You know, it, it is something about it. Respecting my, well, he doesn't know anything. He's young. No, you know, you they, still respect every, them. Come on. Exactly. And, and they're so, you know, when you look at, uh, when you look at Facebook debates, when you look at disagreements, when you look at, you know what I'm doing. <laughs> when, when it's, there's just such a lack of respect in it and treating the other person like an it instead of a who, you know, like an antagonist. Because otherwise you're looking for ammunition and not the heart. Exactly. Exactly. And that's where the that's where the temple is the, to the unknown. God is in the heart. So does it mean that we may have to bite, bite our lips and not respond? Let them talk to us what they think about God. Yeah. Yeah. If they want to, if, if they want to hear, I mean, if, if we want them to hear us, we need to hear them. Yep. Now that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean I'm going to buy into anything that they say necessarily, but you know what? I'm going to listen to them because if nothing else, it'll help me understand their heart. And who knows, they may catch an angle of God that I, that I haven't known, yeah. you know, and there may be still a little temple to an unknown God in my heart, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, just because we find Jesus that, you know, they're, 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 we keep moving. You know, we keep moving because even the temple to the unknown God can become, uh, if we don't remain organic with it and evolving and growing, then then that can become just another God. Yeah. You know, and think, we I want think... to, you know, and we don't know him now. You know, that's mm -hmm. the that's the unknown God, the God of the now. I think the uh, evangelical church, if they really looked at what Paul was saying on Mars Hill, they might freak out that he referred to Zeus. Like uh, this mythical God and it's in the Bible. Like <laughs> you want to mess up really religious people, you know, talk about that um, because when he's speaking to it, he's also identifying the unity and union of all things because, you know, it's in him. We move and exist. There is this, 
common union among all. And he's standing in the temple with all these altars um, that are to all these different beliefs. But even that is all being held together by Christ. And there's room there to have conversations and be respectful. Amen. And, and, you know, I was watching you you reposted our first conversation we had together. It was a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm, Two years. And we talked about the same, some of the same thing that day. I shared my dream that I had. It was a real important dream in my life. Uh, It was a dream vision slash vision. I don't know where the dream ends and the vision begins with the thing. But it was basically that I saw God in samurai armor. Mm. And I knew Jesus was behind the samurai armor, but the samurai armor wasn't revealing his true form. And then so I went up and I ripped off the samurai armor oh. and underneath it, underneath it was a medieval knight's armor. And that's still it was closer to what he looked like, but still not there. So I ripped that off and I kept ripping off layer after layer of armor until at the at the bottom of it, he was a muscular shepherd, you know. Uh, but even that was was there was some armor to that. And the Lord showed me at, at, as I meditated on that, he showed me that the things that we project false things onto God. We project false qualities, uh, false assumptions, false presumptions. Most of it's not assumptions, but presumptions, Mm. you know, whether it's wrath or anger or violence or whatever, and that they distort him. But the the cool thing about Jesus is that you may just, you may put, uh, you know, God, the wrath of God, you may project that armor on him and think he's a smasher and smiter and oppressor. But you know what? He loves you so much. He's not going to abandon you. He's not going to walk away and say, you are so clueless. I'm out of here. Mm. He's not going to say that. He's going to operate within your understanding, even if it's wrong, and try to guide you back, try to take you, you know, maybe with some Aikido, some spiritual Aikido. You know, the whole thing with Aikido is you use your opponent's force against them. They swing at you. You don't swing back. You let their own momentum you move them out of the way or let their own momentum. And then you wax on, wax off. Exactly. And Aikido (laughs) is based on you setting your enemy in the softest grass you can Mm -hmm. find. You're not trying to hurt him. You're trying to not hurt him, but his own momentum, you let take him by. So, so Jesus, you know, as a samurai, you know, what will, even though we expect him to draw a sword and start hacking off and we may even pray for that Lord, hack off, hack off my enemy's heads. He ain't going to do That's that. That's Peter. That's Peter's prayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and but he's going to show you bit by bit. And you may you may just take off one slight piece of armor at a time. And that's what happened to me. I mean, that was a view I, I had a, when I came to the Lord. I had that view of you know the warrior God, and and he is a warrior God in the sense of declaring war on wicked impulses and wicked mindsets. But he, he not on flesh and blood. He loves us. He loves yeah. us. He doesn't declare war on us. I think I think he declares war on things that harm us. Yes, absolutely. Much better way to look at than say, well, he's mad at sin. Well, what is sin? It's those things that are incorrect concept of who God is, and we act that out. That is sin, missing the mark. And so when we begin with a belief, a false belief of who Jesus is, then we're going to act a false belief. It's, It's the fruit of our mind. Yeah. And, and, and the group think, you know, part of it is our own personal anger, you know, and animosity, but also the group think that we've been infiltrated with, mm-hmm. that we, we've joined ourselves to certain patterns. And, you know, Walter Wink and some of the other guys, uh, y- you know, that, that we both know would say that the principalities and the powers are largely mindsets, mm-hmm. you know, that work through governments or work through institutions, 
ways that keep us from hearing the Lord's voice now mm. because they've set these, 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 these principles of law, these ordinances, you know, that you've got to think this way. You've got to, you know, you've got to defend yourself eye for an eye, all this kind of stuff, just little maxims. And through it all, we never inquire of the spirit. We never let the Lord cascade over us and show us a higher and a better and a more peaceful way. So, you know, working our way through the false images of God, we can call it temples. We can call it armor. We, we can call it other religions. But at the end of the day, I believe that Jesus is the only God. I believe that Jesus is the only true God. And that to the extent that anyone has any truth operating in them toward the gods that they believe in, it's because they've had some view of Jesus and many mm -hmm. just don't recognize it as Jesus. Yep. Um, so anyway, but, but, but I like the idea of, 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 of uh, recognizing our own projections onto God and then, and then letting the Holy Spirit teach us how to remove them. And then at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're getting more and more form fitting. You know, who do, who does the removing? Really? It's, it's not us. It's the yeah. Holy Spirit. Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it's gentle. But the Holy Spirit knows at that time what disbelief or wrong belief has to come off of us. That's where the armor, it's really a, or that thing that you, you were just talking about, the layers of deconstruction, <laughs> you know, yeah. deconstructing con concepts. It's like that Dawn, voyage of the Dawn Treader in C.S. Lewis, where the dragon wants to jump in the lake and the lion says, you got to undress first. And so he's tearing these scales and he can't. So he finally you said scales. that two years ago. You That's said right. that two years ago. Yep. I remember you saying that. Yeah. yeah. But the scale, like I was talking about for my emotional journey of, of therapy and counseling, I didn't know all the layers that had to come off, but the end part was he had, he, he took his um, outfit off the scales and then he looked and there was another layer. And he kept taking more and more layers off until the lion said, I need to undress you and take someone else to do the deep ripping. And suddenly this dragon inside was a little boy, pure, innocent, and thrown into the cool water for calm and peace. And oh my wow. goodness. And I think the same thing with the, with the armor you're talking about. You're going to find that shepherd boy. You're going to find the peaceful shepherd who is there to guide and direct, not beat up. It's like uh, the, the rod and I staff, they comfort me. Well, it's it, the rod is not for hitting the sheep. It's for protecting. And the staff is for guiding the sheep. There's never any hitting, but my German upbringing, they use that spoil the rod, spare the child. Boy, did I get smacked. So <laughs> that concept, it, people blend that into a false concept of who God is. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's perfect. I mean, that, that's perfectly put. Now, I, I guess the only thing I would say is, is that it takes courage to do this. I do think the Holy Spirit does it, but we, he wants us to cooperate. We have to be willing to go up there. It's like Luke going in the cave to see Vader, you know, and, and then the mask, you know, gets hit. He hits the, the mask and then he sees himself underneath the, you know, uh, underneath the image that he had projected onto his father. I mean, there's there's so much good mythology and all that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think it does take courage to to uh, the Holy Spirit shows us. But we it's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will challenge us about the armor will challenge mm -hmm. us. He'll put an inkling or a prompting in our mind. Well, wait a minute. That sure doesn't seem like Jesus. You know, I always ask myself, do I hear Jesus say that? Could I hear Jesus do that? If I'm honest with myself, that's that's the Lord challenging me to pull that armor off, that there's something that's not right there. That's not the Jesus 
you've interacted with and the Jesus who's loved you, who, who, who you've encountered. So anyway, I mean, it, 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 you know, it's a courageous adventure. Let's let's wrap this up and continue this next time because I think this conversation of evangelism, let's talk about Mars Hill again, and maybe what does sharing the life of Jesus look like then? Let's let's talk about some of the dispelling of the current models and why they're unhelpful. If we can come up, oh, there's a couple I have in mind. Um, but then how does this Jesus who is in us live out in a wise way? I, I think you're talking about the gentleness and humility, and that that part really excites me. So. Yeah. Sound good? Sounds great. All right. Catch you next time. Okay. Wow. That, uh, I, uh, I forgot already part of the stuff that we talked about. That was great. That was a great conversation. I, I'm looking forward to part two. I should play it right away, but we got to wait till next week for that one. Um, if you enjoyed this, share it with others. Uh, I, I love these conversations. I love, uh, bantering back and forth. Um, I just threw a note to Bill and Richard um, about the, the conference idea that I want to do in November and in January, end of January. So uh, you'll hear something soon. Um, yeah, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited about it. I was just trying to lock in what it will cont- the content will be because I have three options now. I had two and that was easy. Do one first and the second and then the second one. But now I have a third idea that I think is even better. Oh, we'll see. So anyway, you guys have a really great day and uh, thank you for taking time to join me today. Uh, I value it and appreciate it. If you value this, uh, support it. Um, We could definitely use your help. We do not get very much support for this program at all. So just in case you're thinking, oh, lots of people are supporting, we don't have much. So anything that comes in helps us keep going and allows us to uh, keep sharing this the way we do, helps us get equipment, helps us pay for subscriptions because you have annual software subscriptions and such. So don't forget, the gospel may be free, but it takes money to get it out. And uh, I do not want to be a money beggar kind of guy. You know me by now. Um, But I got to kind of throw it your way and say, hey, for those who have ears to hear, um, be prompted. Um, Your help is valued and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks again for watching. Join me next time on Still Growing in Grace for more good news. Enjoy previous episodes by downloading our podcast at growingingrace.ca. You can also visit hopefellowshipycc.com to find our service times and location. If this show has been an encouragement to you, please consider making a donation today at growingingrace.ca and help us keep spreading this good news. Thank you again for tuning in to Still Growing in Grace.